We have a champion in the NHL that we'll discuss a little bit today, compare the roster build to what's going on here in Buffalo, and we now have Stanley Cup odds for 2023. Where do the Sabres rank? Plus, Matthias Samuelson is who we'll debate on today's episode, looking back at his first season, full season with the Sabres, and looking ahead. All that ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. But the season is over. The season is over. The Colorado Avalanche are the Stanley Cup champion. Got some thoughts on the finals and also the just the idea that Colorado won the cup and where they've really come from the last four or five years and uh, how it could be. If this is a copycat league, then this is going to be good because the Avalanche are exciting. They're entertaining and they're exactly uh, what teams should be copying. Uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter. No Jordan Hanskin today. He's away, but at JR Hanskin uh, to follow Jordan on Twitter. And uh, appreciate everybody hitting the like and subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We are closing in on 1,000 subscribers slowly but surely, but we are almost there. So uh, hit that subscribe button for us on YouTube. We greatly appreciate that. And we've got Matias Samuelson to talk about on today's episode as we are breaking down player by player the Sabres blue line now. Uh, We are closing in on the NHL draft, which is a couple of weeks away, just under two weeks away actually now. Uh, We are almost two weeks away from NHL free agency, so that's coming up as well in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be the packed packed, uh, session of the offseason with the draft free agency, and then we'll have probably a dead period for about a month before we get to training camp uh, in September, but it's going to be rocking and rolling the next couple of weeks here uh, on Lockdown Sabres and in the NHL, and that's because now the Stanley Cup final is over. Colorado defeats the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games, game six in Tampa Bay, the Avalanche win, and a two-to-one score, the Lightning just never looked like they had a chance in the third period. They had two shots on goal, I think, entirely in the third period. It took them like eight minutes to get their first shot. I mean, it was it never seemed like they were really making a big push to tie the game. Colorado was the better team. Colorado, all season long, was the best team in the NHL. And I think puts a perfect bow on what, to me, has been the best NHL season since at least... 0506, and I'm biased towards that season because the Sabres were great that year. But 0506, power plays were up, scoring was up. Uh, we were coming off a lockout, so league intrigue was a little bit higher. But I think this season even better than that because of TV rights and TV contract and attention that it was getting, the sport was getting nationwide. I'm a big listener of the Dan Lebitard show, and that's a national podcast. They're the number one sports podcast, actually, on iTunes every single week. And they're not ESPN affiliated anymore, but every day for the last two weeks, they're opening up, except for when the NBA Finals were wrapping up. Since the NBA Finals wrapped up, every day they're opening their show with the Stanley Cup Final. Every day. And, and ESPN is spending a lot more attention on the NHL. Now, that one's easier to figure out. That is happening 
quite literally because ESPN is one that all of their shows, Sports Center and Around the Horn and PTI and First Take, all of it is just one giant infomercial for their product, for their rights deals. And now that they have the NHL, they're spending more time on the NHL. Scott Van Pelt is opening up every sports center the last week and a half with the Stanley Cup. They're putting together an unrivaled documentary about the Red Wings and Avalanche rivalry from the late 90s, early 2000s to get you fired up for Game 6. ESPN is pouring resources into the NHL because they now have the NHL. And honestly, they're doing a way better job with it than NBC is. Chad DiDominicis from Expected Buffalo had a, a good tweet that I didn't think about last night that, Remember when NBC would cut away from the Stanley Cup presentation and raise the guys raising the cup for an alternate show that like you could only stream. Like they would kick it off NBC. They would NBCSN and like the NBC app. That was the only place you could go to find them actually raising the cup. ESPN on ABC, mind you, stuck was stuck with it through the whole thing. I mean, 20, 30 minutes after it even started. So they that was I, I love the broadcast. Uh, I love, I'd like the studio show better than I did the NBC one. I think TNT's got the better studio show, but TNT's a part of this as well. You've now got, you went from one niche broadcast partner that looked the exact same for 10 years. NBC never tried anything different. They never changed up the look of their studio. They never changed up their personalities. They just, it, they ne- it never seemed like they were trying, you know, ESPN, TNT, they've really brought NHL broadcasting to a whole nother level. That, to me, is maybe what sets this season in some ways apart from every other season. But the meat of it is goal scoring was up. Goal scoring was way up, and it wasn't artificial. It wasn't like 05-06 where, oh, scoring was up, but it was because you were calling a mad amount of power plays. No, this year, scoring was up because scoring was up. That's it. Young talent around the league, speed, skill. I mean, the sport has never been in a better place in terms of an on-ice product, and the sport has never been in a better place with its TV broadcasters. So I think this was of my lifetime, and recency bias could be playing in here. I think it was the best NHL season of my lifetime. And the cherry on top is this is always doesn't always happen in the NHL. You'll get your Montreal Canadiens that reach the finals that have no business being in the Stanley Cup final. The best team won. The best team won. And honestly, the second best team was probably right there in Tampa. But the best team won. Colorado tied for the most wins in NHL history, regular season plus playoffs, with 72. That was a historically great season that they just had. And what are they as a build to copy, by the way? It's tough. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog on on the telecast last night got asked by Emily Kaplan, how do you go from the 48-point team you were six years ago to winning the Stanley Cup? What would you? The question was, what would your advice be to other teams to model yourselves after you? And his answer was, go find yourselves a Kale McCarr. And honestly, like that's the meat, that's the juxta of it. I mean, they just poof found one of the most talented defensemen in NHL history that's already on his way to one of the best careers in NHL history, and he's like no other defenseman in the NHL right now. I mean, he is just electric. So the Sabres have two. They have Darlene and Power. So I guess you can feel a little optimistic that, hey, maybe we've got two guys that could be near that level. They're not going to be on that level because McCarr is just a unicorn. But um, Colorado is just speed and skill. 
That's the copycat speed and skill. And if teams start trying to go for that around the league, if the sport was already in its best place it's been ever on ice last year, it's only going to get better from here. If teams start to try to emulate that, uh, we'll come back and we'll tell you where the Sabres rank for Stanley cup odds next year, 2023 Stanley cup odds. They might be higher than you think. They might be a little bit higher than you think. We'll share that with you when we come back here on Locked on Sabres. We'll talk a little Matias Samuelson before we get out of here as well. Uh, as always, we are brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. Uh, MLS soccer is going on right now as well. You've got some tennis majors, the British Open is coming up in golf bet online your continued source for all your sports wagering info including live betting esports even and scores uh from different sports BetOnline.net, best sport for all your sports scores podcasts news this season mma boxing and golf too uh are are things that you could bet on there and you can look up information for where the head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. All right, the season is over. The Avalanche of the Stanley Cup winner. Tampa, it would have been kind of cool to see a three-peat in my lifetime. I'm not sure in the salary cap era we'll ever see a three-peat. Um, so I don't care about it that much, but it's possible in my lifetime. That was the only chance to see a three-peat. Uh, but Tampa still super impressive what they've done the last three years. They lose. Colorado wins. Where are the odds set? Now that the season is over, where are the odds set for next season? Well, one particular sports book has the Avalanche, no surprise, as a favorite once again. The favorite at minus 380 to win the Cup next year. A massive favorite, too, because the next closest team is the Leafs in second at plus 800. Who's after that? Tampa Bay, Florida. They're near Vegas Golden Knights, plus 1400. Carolina. Michael's Vegas Golden Knights. We can root against them again next year if we want. Where do the Sabres rank? Well, your inclination might be, eh, are, is the is their sports books or the national media going to be giving the Sabres respect going into next year? We'll see when what happens in the offseason as it pertains to that. But it's a good start in terms of how much respect they're getting. The Sabres rank 19th, tied for 19th for the best odds to win the Stanley Cup next season. Is that not only is that not pretty surprising? I would have guessed low twenties, and they're nineteenth. The same odds as the Detroit Red Wings. Better odds. The Sabers have better Stanley Cup odds at plus five thousand. So fifty to one, fifty to one to win the Stanley Cup. Better odds than the Nashville Predators, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Ducks, the Senators, the Devils, the Sharks. The Blackhawks, the Kraken, the Blue Jackets, the Canadians, and the Coyotes. The Predators are maybe the most surprising one there because they've got an interesting offseason coming up. They just made the playoffs. And I know they got swept by Colorado, uh, but they didn't have their star goaltender, UC Soros, for the whole series. So they've got one of the best goalies in hockey and UC Soros. Uh, they've got one of the best defensemen in hockey, probably the second best defenseman, who had 87 points this year. Maybe actually, no, maybe 97 uh, in Roman Yossi. Uh, and they've got some good forwards. Matt Duchesne's a good forward. Like they've got guys, but Philip Forsberg's a free agent. And I think those odds, maybe if he were to resign there, they would leapfrog the Sabres or come into a tie with the Sabres. Um, I think the expectation is Nashville 
could lose some pretty key pieces this offseason. The Sabres could add some. Uh, so they're ahead of Nashville. Uh, and just behind, by the way, the Sabres are just behind Dallas. The, the group at plus 4,500, just above the Sabres. Dallas, L.A., Vancouver. It's pretty good company. They're, they're in that middle pack, that middle pack, which is kind of like bubble playoff team. By the odds, by the Stanley Cup odds, this one sports book is kind of predicting by this that the Sabres are going to be a bubble playoff team. Uh, and would we take that? I think we would take it. We want more, and I think it's realistic to hope for more. But that wouldn't be a failure if they finished 19th in the NHL and missed the playoffs by three or four points. I don't think that would be a failure. Um, all right, so that's where the Sabres rank. We uh, want to talk about one individual Sabre on today's episode. We're, we're breaking down uh, the season that just was for a lot of these Sabres individual players and starting to look ahead to next year, what the roles are going to be and any contract questions uh, that we may have about the player. Next up for that is Matthias Samuelson, our end of season review and our look ahead uh, for Sabres defenseman Matthias Samuelson coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast after this timeout. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase, and we have our next end of season review and look ahead for the Buffalo Sabres, and we are now going to Matthias Samuelson. If you missed our last episode, talked about Rasmus Dahlin, talked about Henry Okiharu, we'll get to Owen Power, and then uh, we've got a lot of draft coverage coming your way in the next couple weeks as well. Uh, Matthias Samuelson, left shot defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres. Gets through his rookie season, 42 games played, started the season in Rochester, ended the season with a bit of an injury, 42 games played, 10 assists, no goals. He's actually played 54 games in the NHL, and he has not scored a goal. Zero goals for Samuelson. But 10 assists and 20 minutes a night, exactly 20 minutes a night, 20 minutes and zero seconds per night. That was his exact average time on ice. Really took hold of a top four spot on the blue line and never let it go. Just consistent, solid, and I'm not going to lie. This one surprised me a little bit. I didn't see this coming. Samuelson, even going back to when he was drafted, I remember reading scouts say, ooh, not, not a good pick. In terms of not a good pick if you're hoping for a major key player on your roster. He the ceiling almost sounded like third pair defenseman. The ceiling sounded like third pair defenseman. And there were major questions about whether Samuelson could ever even reach the NHL because of his foot speed. He's not fleet of foot. But I'll say this. Maybe he's developed this since he was drafted by the Sabres in the second round in 2018. He's not quick by any means. Like his feet, he's he's not he doesn't have a quick feet. He's a smooth skater. He is a smooth skater. He's very good on his edges. He's very good at changing directions. He's not going to do it quick, but he's got a powerful stride. There was one play in particular against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto late in the season where Samuelson was in a pressure situation in that Austin Matthews was coming down the right boards against Samuelson. And Matthews drove at him around the outside to make him think he was going to try to beat him with speed to the outside. Matthews cut to the middle. He went outside, boom, cut to the inside, almost like a a route, like an in route in football. 
and Samuelson kind of bit. He bit on the on the first uh, plan of action by Matthews that he was going to go outside, and he got turned around. But he flipped his hips around, and Matthews goes to the slot to take a shot. It took Samuelson one stride, one stride after he had gotten back on the right direction, one stride to get to Matthews' spot, get his stick in the lane, and deflected Matthews' shot out of play. No scoring opportunity for Austin Matthews because Samuelson had that amount of power on one stride. He's like a gazelle out there with those strides. I mean, he doesn't need to be quick, clearly. He proved that because he's so powerful in terms of his strides and his edge work is really good as well. So my questions about can he be in the NHL because of his lack of quickness and his lack of speed skating, those have been answered for me. I think he's got it. And obviously Don Granado agrees because 20 minutes a night, he was their really their second pair left shot defenseman. Uh, Darlene for much of the season was their first pair left shot defenseman. And Samuelson for most of it was their second pair left shot defenseman, even outranking a Colin Miller. Colin Miller was healthy scratched at times because Samuelson kind of took his spot. Uh, big guy, of course, six foot four, two twenty six. Kind of your your modern day big defenseman in that he's not Scott Stevens. He's not going to be drilling people over the middle of the ice. He's not out there, you know, looking to throw elbows and bury people into the boards. But he uses his size to his advantage. He uses his reach to his advantage, and he's also a very good passer. I like his passing ability. I think he's got a very clear plan every time he's got the puck of how he's going to get it out of the zone. The only thing he's lacking towards like a Darlene is that ability to kind of skate it out on his own. So once in a while, because he's not really capable of those neutral zone exits by himself, he kind of has to chip it out once in a while and just kind of punt it to the other team. But not very often. He's very good at finding the open man and getting it right to him. Um, So he's not, of course, a Darlene by, oh, if no one's open, I can just make a guy miss and go out on my own. But really solid, uh, great in his own end, good plan of attack in terms of his neutral zone exits. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy with, with him being on the team. He throws a little bit of a wrinkle in or of a wrench into what the Sabres plan will be uh, on the blue line going forward in that. I think with there being so many left shot defensemen, Samuelson's a left shot, Power is a left shot, and Darlene is a left shot. Samuelson kind of allows Darlene to move back to the right side, right? Darlene came into the NHL playing on his off side, on his right side. He went to his left when he got here, and he's never really gone back. And Granado played around with that at the end of the season after power showed up. So the final eight games of the season, it really was Samuelson was their top pair left shot defenseman. Darlene was his partner on the right. And then power was your second pair guy with uh, Yoki Haru. And maybe there was someone else rotating in there. I think this allows Darlene to move to his right, be a little bit more offensive. And it allows Samuelson, honestly, to be a top pair defenseman. Because I think Samuelson fits really well with Darlene if Darlene's going to be on his offside. Uh, stay-at-home defenseman. It's your typical narrative of a stay-at-home defenseman and a guy, an offensive guy that can kind of be freed up to do whatever he wants. And then you have power playing on the second pair. I think this is the making of a really legitimate top four, and Samuelson is a big part of that. He's kind of an underrated part of that because he's not a flashy player, um, but I'm very happy with uh, what the Sabres have in him. He has one year left in his contract, by the way, $925,000, one year left in his entry-level deal at 22 years old. RFA next year. 
He's never going to be a big, big money guy, I think, because the offensive totals are just never going to be there. Again, he hasn't scored a goal yet in his NHL career. Um, but a couple million dollars next year, probably in a bridge contract. And then I think the, the big contract extension for Samuelson, if he keeps developing into a really good defensive defenseman, I think that's probably four or five years down the road. So that is Matias Samuelson uh, in a wrapped in a bow for you. We will talk about some more of the blue line coming up on our next show. And of course we'll talk plenty of the NHL draft. And I wonder if we're going to start to get free agency rumors in the next couple of days. Now that the season is over. So we'll, uh, we'll stay, we'll stay locked in on free agency too. Cause that's the draft is fun. And the Sabres had three first round picks, but there's big names in free agency. And I think this could be a really hot free agency period. Uh, for the NHL. So all that is coming up in the coming days here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked on NHL, recapping the 2022 NHL season and looking ahead to the draft and free agency as well. Check them out. They're available wherever you get podcasts.